And here we go. It's a rumination Thursday on this May the 21st in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me today is Wes Reimnitz. How are you doing, Wes, on this rumination Thursday? Uh, doing fine. Uh, how about you? Real good, and you really got a good topic, interestingly enough, in light of the fact that today is the ascension and i was just getting some sermons ready for the congregations i'm serving through the internet and it was kind of interesting that we have pentecost ascension and trinity sunday are the next three so three pretty big ones it keeps you busy getting those three ready well that's for sure you ran across a article actually by a Jesuit priest who was talking about the importance of the Pentecost and the Ascension. It was kind of interesting. He started off by saying, what historical person would you like most to meet? And most people, he thought, would say Jesus. But in light of the Ascension, he thinks that the better answer is the Holy Spirit. Can you help us understand what he's trying to say here? Well, he's he's uh, hooking to what, what we call a physical Jesus, and and this this of course after the resurrection, he he says that uh, Jesus had to had to go into heaven, and so. Uh, the physical Jesus had to go into heaven, and thus then the, the Spirit would come and fill the earth. So I don't know. <laughs> I look at that, and I scratch my head, and I go, what is he trying to say here? Yeah, he talks about that the Feast of the Ascension celebrates letting go of the physical Jesus and preparing for the arrival of the Spirit on Pentecost. Yet... Did Jesus ever appear physically after his resurrection here on earth? Well, one that I can think of most significantly is uh, the conversion of Saul right. into Paul on the road to Damascus. You know what the other one was I thought of? Stephen. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was being stoned. Yes. yes. And he saw Jesus. So I don't know what he's talking about, that the physical Jesus has left us. And when do we really get involved with the physical Jesus in the worship service? Oh, Lord's Supper. Yes, yes. it's his true body and blood. And for a Jesuit priest not to understand that, I thought that was kind of odd. Until I went a little further in the article, and he seems to be somewhat liberal in a number of matters. Is that not correct? <laughs> I would think so. I mean, you look at Ephesians chapter 4, it says that he ascended up above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. I mean, isn't Jesus present everywhere instead of just the heavens alone? Exactly. Exactly. But then he has the Holy Spirit appearing in places the Holy Spirit 
is not. Uh, for yeah, example, but... when, when do you know that the Holy Spirit is working on you? It's when you love someone. Mm. Well, see, we oh, believe that there are a lot of people who are not Christians that still have love. In fact, here's the sentence he says. If we truly believe that God is love, as the scriptures tell us, then every time we experience love, we experience the Holy Spirit. Boy, mm. I, I sure don't agree with that because the Holy Spirit is only among Christians. In fact, he says, well, people who risk their lives to care for COVID-19, they're filled with the Spirit. Well, no, no, that's not correct. I've, you know, you and I have been around hospitals quite a bit, and you've got a wonderful set of doctors and nurses who are really helping people through this virus, but a, a number of them are not Christian. You don't have to be Christian no. to help people. And then how do you know what the motivation is behind it? Right. And the other thought that came to mind is, isn't Jesus governing all things? And he sends them, whether they're believers or not believers, into the lives of, of people to help them out? Exactly. When I, say, get in a car accident and an ambulance comes and picks me up, that's God coming to pick me up, and he may be using an atheist to do that in the ambulance, but that's how God operates. Right. That's what I was thinking as well. I think we're, we're kind of missing the boat here. He's putting the spirit out there and forgetting that uh, Jesus is present everywhere and it governs all things. And that, that of course, comes from Ephesians chapter 1 towards the, the end of that chapter where he talks about that he fills all things and governs all things. Yes. So we have quite a different view of the ascension in fact, I often like doing sermons, taking these big events like the incarnation or the cross or the resurrection or Pentecost or the ascension. And then I always ask, what difference would it have made had this event not occurred? Hmm. So what difference would it have made had the ascension not occurred? He would still be here. Yes. In fact, Paul goes so far in 1 Corinthians 15 to say he may not have risen from the dead yet, and we're still mm. in our sins. But one of the items I like talking about are the offices of Jesus. He's a prophet. Priest and pr king. Yes. Now, what does that mean after the ascension? Mm. The prophecy, huh? You got yeah. me on that one. Well, he is no longer just an earthly prophet, priest, and king. He is a heavenly prophet, priest, and king. 
See, on earth, he was prophet, priest, and king. He was prophet in proclaiming the word of God. He was a king because he was head of the disciples at that time. And he was a priest in that he not only taught his disciples to pray, but he also sacrificed uh, the lamb, namely himself, for our sins. When he ascends into heaven, he becomes a heavenly prophet, priest, and king. As prophet, you never say the word of God without Jesus being at your side if that word of God has an impact on the people around you. As prophet, therefore, he continues to speak God's word through you and helps you do that in a very good way, as well as helps the listeners to understand it better. Then as king, he holds the whole world in his hands and will be returning on the day of judgment. And finally, as priest, there's no more sacrifice he needs to do, but what does he do as heavenly priest? He intercedes for us. Exactly. The prayers that we have are taken by Jesus, taken to the Father, interceding for us. So we never really are ever alone as Christians. It may seem like we are because we don't see him or the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't mean that he's not visible. Well, you really take the wind out of the sails out of this article, that's for sure, because uh, he would say it's the spirit that moves us. Yes, and he says the... He quotes the Pope that the way to continue evolution is by loving. But what he forgets is there's a number of different Greek words for the word love. And uh, boy, if it's just brotherly love, then you only love those around you. If it's erotic love, you love because the person is considered an object to you and you're not just that enthused about them really as you are boy what can i get out of this Hmm. so there again i think he falls short right yeah when i when i looked at the, the you know what came to mind was uh john 15 or 14 where Jesus talks about that he's the way, the truth, and the life. A little later in that chapter, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my word, and the Father and I will come and make our home inside of you. That uh, that, that uh, bespeaks of Jesus being present everywhere. Yes. He also quotes the uh, Pope, Francis, that he saw the presence of the Spirit in the women's movement when it worked for equality and the rights of women. I I didn't see the Holy Spirit many (laughs) times there. It's not that we're not against it's not that we're not against equality and and their 
taking care of rice, but uh, nowhere in the scriptures I, I can I find where the Spirit is working on on that level. No, it, uh, particularly when so many of these left-wing women are for abortion. How that is love is beyond me, but for many people it is love. I, I even read an article recently with this pandemic going around the world that that makes abortion a good thing because we're not bringing little children into a dangerous situation. Wow. Yeah, killing them instead. Wow. So I don't know how many others would think that uh, what he had to say was good. But because we can't see Jesus or the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that God isn't active in our lives. Yeah, that, I think you hit the nail on the head when you say you can't see Jesus. He he went with a, a physical Jesus, and uh, he almost comes off sounding like uh, Swingley where he couldn't believe in in. In the communion, communion represents. That was the other thought that came to mind. That's right. That's right. Even though the Roman Catholic Church is pretty well uh... You still there? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> A little hard doing it over the telephone and going through the, through the system here, but but uh... Yeah, the more I I, I uh, dove into the article, the more I, I said, wait a minute, there's really something uh, different about it. I mean, good works, he, he, he attributes to to the, the, the Spirit of God, and uh, we we attributed good works by God through 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 uh, belief in him, don't, don't we not? Yeah, that's the way it should happen. But unfortunately, I, I don't know where they pick up these ideas because they're never found in the scripture. But it's going to be something that when you really realize how terrible you've been, uh, one of our friends is becoming, he's going to get shaved He's going to clean up, and he's really going to look good. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. A lot of people, that's not for me what the ascension is really about. What I couldn't understand, and maybe you can help me here, he says that Jesus must be transformed into the cosmic Christ. Cosmic. What did he mean by that? Well, he... Going basically on the knowledge of astronomy and evolution gives us a different perspective. He says the ascension celebrates Jesus coming, becoming the cosmic Christ who is related not just to Earth and humanity, but to the universe and that all lives in it. In a sense, Christ is bigger than bigger than Jesus. I, I couldn't quite figure that one out. No, uh, that distinction he was making isn't found in Roman Catholic theology. Boy, there's just so much here that you, you can see here. Is a fellow limping 
he's kind of limping through his um, uh, aches and pains. And he's trying <laughs> to figure out, well, maybe that's because we don't love one another enough. Because the more we love one another, then the more the Holy Spirit is going to be active in our lives. He really gives more action on the part of the Holy Spirit than to Jesus now that Jesus has ascended into heaven. Yes, I think that's a good point you're making there. Uh, I caught that too, that it, it seems that uh, the Holy Spirit's doing all the work and, and Jesus is not. And that bypasses, again, the passages that we, we uh, talked about where Christ fills all things and uh, is ruler uh, and ruling the universe in, in a way that uh, is is for all mankind. So it appears that there's almost more power with the Holy Spirit than with Jesus, the way he yes. talks here. Yes. Yeah. And, and um, where is Jesus in, in, in all of this? Um, that's Those were the Bible passages that I had, like Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 1. Yep. You know, Matthew 28, at the end, where where he talks about us going out and baptizing all in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, he says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, that that uh, he is present with us everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, it's not just only Acts. And... So... We've got a, a lot to be thinking about during the season because I, I wonder what he's going to do when he talks about the Trinity. Uh, it's as though the Son is no longer hardly even part of the Trinity because the Holy Spirit has taken over everything. <laughs> yeah, because Jesus isn't there. I mean, it, 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 it undone undone. It completely unravels revelations when when I was looking at that. You know, as, as you know, I'm working on an article in there, but yep. uh, it, it under what, what is Christ doing as ruler of the universe from from the revelation side from heaven as he as this whole world unfolds in front of us. Yeah, he even has a section when reading it. I really don't understand this either, that um, our knowledge of astronomy and evolution give us a different perspective. Well, I, I do know that <laughs> for sure. But <laughs> the Ascension celebrates Jesus becoming the cosmic Christ who is related not just to Earth and humanity, but to the universe and all that lives in it. In this sense, the Christ is bigger than Jesus. I have no understanding what he's talking about. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, he's, he's splitting some some things there. I, I, I've never run across this in Catholic theology, Roman yeah. Catholic, that is. No, I, I'm so. not sure either I've ever heard this way of looking at things but um 
You know, CFW Walter in his Law and Gospel, he makes a really good point. He says, if anyone thinks they know how to distinguish Law and Gospel really good, then he's really ignorant of how difficult it is to do that. And therefore, we need to listen to people who recognize that they are ignorant of a lot of things concerning theology and they're just brushing the surface sometimes. And that's because even when we talk about the doctrines of the Trinity or the Ascension, we're really not being able to explain it, but we do believe it. So we believe the facts, unable to explain how it happens, just like in the Lord's Supper, but that's where faith comes in, where we trust blindly what Jesus is saying in his word. Right. I mean, and, and, and isn't it that, that you find that that the more that we study every year, year in, year out, we're always finding something that we, we miss or continue to understand uh, from God's Word? Well, every time I open up a, a theological book, uh, I, I find things I never knew before. And mm. I've been in this for decades. So it's really hard to get to understand all of this, but it's not hard to read somebody who doesn't understand it. And you can say, boy, he really doesn't understand this, does he? Right. And it's not as if they can't pick up and open up the Bible and, and read it. You know, uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I mean, it, it's, it's still uh, simple enough that uh, we can pick up the, and trust in the promises of, of the gospel that we have salvation. Yeah, when you read sections of this article, boy, he says, I would argue that what is most human, what is most truly human in us is the presence of the Spirit. The Spirit is present in everyone, calling us to be more than we ever thought we could be. Now, what Bible verse is he using for that? <laughs> I don't know. That one caught me, too. Yeah, it, it, the, the, the Holy Spirit is not present in everyone. In, in fact, it's uh, interesting when Jesus heals this uh, demoniac or this person who has a demon in him, the demoniac is referred to as being unclean. He's not referred He's to not as evil. And unclean means that not having been baptized in the waters of baptism, he is unrepentant of his sins, and therefore mm. he's unclean. And I would say that to put Jesus in a secondary position uh, behind the Holy Spirit, when the work of the Holy Spirit is to extol and give glory to Jesus, for the sake of our salvation, that's really going downhill. Yeah, you know, that, what that reminds me of are the thieves on the cross. One was re, re, unrepentant and the other one was repentant, and thus he was saved and went to heaven. Yes, and they both heard the same words as Jesus was saying, 
you know, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, and yet only one of them came to faith. And so that's a great mystery why some are saved and others are not. But it isn't ours to figure that out. It is ours to rejoice in what is clearly done. So while a lot of churches, especially during uh, this era, time of sickness, will be unable to be having worship services for Ascension, we're still going to be bringing it up on Sunday and tying it into the seventh Sunday of Easter as best as we're able to. Right, yes, we celebrate the 40 days after the resurrection, and then 10 days later, the 50th day, we celebrate the, the Pentecost. Exactly. So we're almost on that, and then comes the Holy Trinity. Trinity, yep. So I thank you again for being uh, with us. I'm going to be uh, gone for a little bit in the next few days and uh, be back soon, God willing. Uh, but you're going to be taking over next Thursday, aren't you? Right. Going to be answering some questions that people have about the end times and the beast uh, from Revelation. Okay. Thanks so much. God bless everyone. Gift to Law and Gospel. Please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll free 1 267 1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.